Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. If you know anything about life thus far, you should be clear that good times and uncomfortable times takes a takes a term, sort of like a seesaw in this thing called life, right? And if you aren't careful, your life will look a lot like glimpses of good events with an overflow of challenges. But when you're made aware of something, you are then at that very moment responsible for an action plan of some sort. So if we're clear, we should be clear that challenges will most definitely about 9,800% of the time arise. Then what are we doing to counteract that? Now, please don't think that things get easier once you've found your calling or you've identified that you're definitely supposed to be with someone or a part of something. So, for example, when you get married, expect a challenge. Mm-hmm, be the first to tell you, yep. Uh, go ahead and expect one. When you start the next level of schooling, okay, expect a challenge there. Uh, when you decided to kick a bad habit, start saying no, eating better for your body, exercising, hmm? really focusing on an area of, of whatever you decide to focus on, expect a challenge. Now, you know I love a good analogy. So, for example, if prior experiences confirmed that you're going to get bit by the neighborhood dog, right, on your daily walk, wouldn't it behoove you to gear up differently? You, you know, for the sake of your ankles, kneecaps, and everything else that may be exposed? You either have to have some form of reliable running shoes so you can hit your Forrest Gump ever so efficiently, or change your route completely. But once again, when you're made aware of the obstacle, wisdom should prompt you to adjust and gear up. So going back to the marriage example, how are you going to gear up when things get rocky? Hmm? Did you Have you ever considered that? Like, and I know it gets scary sometimes and we kind of think like, no, I don't want to think about it. Or because if I feel like if I give it too much thought or if I do have a plan, you know, for said situation, then it may happen. Sir, ma'am, your inner superstition is not going to prevent reality from occurring. Now, don't get it twisted. It's levels of Rocky. We're not saying that you're going to be in, the, um, in a ring with it. No, it shouldn't be abuse, right? But challenging than it was before because this is a new course, a new journey that you are having with a additional person on the road with you now, right? So wisdom should say, hmm, let's go ahead and start putting some things in motion. What's your weapon of choice when those things occur? I think a lot of the times the mission in marriage particularly is failed because of the arsenal bag that we go in. Please do not fail the mission by digging back into your bag of singlehood for ammo. Did you catch that? Because that was good. Did you get it? I'll hold on. You can go ahead and tweet it. Facebook, whatever you do, I'll, I'll give you a minute. But seriously, a lot of us are going back to what we have already been through, what we already have traveled through, 
and we're expecting for that to hold us in unjourneyed land. So you're going back to kindergarten to help you with seventh grade math? So you're going back to your reading comprehension level for fourth grade and expecting for that to carry you through college? It's the same thing. These are two different sets, two different qualifications, two different levels of focus that was needed. So, I mean, yes, it may build upon. You may know, hmm, when I get upset, I may not need to talk now. But it shouldn't be, this is how I handled it before, so this is how I'm going to handle it now. That's just, that's just not w wisdom at all. Your arsenal should consist of wise approaches, meaning if what you did before didn't work, then it's not effective and it needs to be eliminated. If you felt nauseous every time you drunk milk or consumed a particular product, I, I went ahead and chose milk because a lot of us are the lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. You already know, put me close to a bathroom if you're going to give me this particular product. Thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> but if every time you consumed said product and the adverse effect, you know, on your body, whatever, you know, you did in the bathroom after you got that smell out, you should be like, mm, there should be a wisdom flag, you know, something to advise you not, you need to make an adjustment. Let's not do that again. Even the body gives you cues on, yeah, I think we need to do something different. It had to be them beans because you was cool up until, yeah, because then that's when the rumble in the jungle, mm-hmm, that was then. So in intimate relationships, especially marriage, you need a plan. You need clear negotiables and even clearer non-negotiables. Listen, when we disagree, our weapon of choice will not be screaming and cursing because then that means we've turned our weapons on each other and that's fatal. And let's just park there for a moment. A lot of us has learned our communication style um, through our families. No, truly. You have some families that good, bad, indifferent, y'all scream. Whatever you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like if you was listening from the outside of the door, you would be like, what is going on? And all y'all doing is having a good time. Y'all watching a good program. You playing a good game of spades. Y'all eating a good meal. And that's your rendition of a good time. So then when there is a conflict or a discord of some sort, that volume has to now be elevated of some sort because there needs to be a differentiation between I'm upset and I'm not, right? Then you have other families who teach, mm, the issue could be obvious, we just don't talk about it. So we all gonna walk around this house like we in eggshells, right? the land of the egg and the land of the shell, and we're just not going to say nothing. We're going to eat normal. We're going to go ahead and eat, and, it's, and nobody's going to say anything. Then there's others that you clearly know that something is going on because someone is bleeding after. Yeah, there's some type of um, human fluid being um, exchanged. I definitely know that something's wrong. And then others is, ah, I know something's wrong because... Um, there's an absence of a person. Mom walked out, dad walked out. I don't know when they're coming back, but yeah, they, they do this often. And so a lot of the times, and that's no shame to anybody else's family, right? It's just this predetermined walk 
to adulthood and having your own family and navigating through your own path in life, your prerequisite course off back is your own family in the household that you were raised in. So what you see modeled out is nine times out of ten what you then walk out. If it was an extreme situation, then you've put up some extreme guards and was like, that's never happening again. Or if it was just normal to you and you're like, that's just the way we, we have done it, you are more prone to go ahead and duplicate that in your own home. And so maybe you need to be real with the person and say, hey, listen, I'm clear that my communication style is not the best. But honestly, I haven't seen it walked out any other way. My mom and my dad, my uncles and my aunts, my grandmother and my grandfather, said person who raised me, and other person in the house, I didn't really see them hash it out. I didn't see that walked out. So I know that my communication style is probably irritating you, and it is a frustrating thing, and I know it. I just don't know another way. And when you can start at that level of truth, you can give someone something to work with. Because everybody's not the sit down, we need to talk about this. No, the phrase we need to talk is like, oh, come on. Do we really, can you just text it so I can just know if I should call you back or not? Or answer this call? <laughs> right? But we're all going through a different set of ammo that was already pre-given to us prior to going to a different, into our own situations. The whole purpose is to fight together in any given relationship. Together. You got the fighting part. You just don't have the directional together, ma'am, sir. Not allowing the world and circumstances to blur the mission of the togetherness. See, because when you have boundaries and a strategy, you're no longer left vulnerable. When you're clear, babe, um, we don't have opposite single friends. I'm sorry. Like the opposite sex. Yeah, they're not going to be single if we do. And your friends are my friends. And um, the whole cooling out and chilling out with, um, you know, like how you used to hang out when you were single, um, like with an opposite sex friend or certain, you know, certain areas that you were in. You just have to, what you're essentially saying is, I need you to move different because now you're traveling with my heart. And I think that's a fair assessment. A lot of people go into the, the other side, and it's like, you can't control me. I was doing this before you. My friends were here before you. And you know what? They're going to be here after you single too, okay? And please stop putting this pressure on people to go ahead and just accept me for who I am in my totality of incompleteness. That's not fair. Someone is asking you, hey, the requirement to carry my heart in a way that I feel the safest looks a lot like this. And trust and believe that if I'm asking you to do this, then I'm doing it in return. No one should have to argue you down to carry their heart the proper way. If they're letting you know, hey, this ride is too bumpy, can you slow down a little bit? It is not just, but I've been driving this way. Okay, so you, you're letting someone know either you adjust to this level of discomfort because it's my comfort or you get out the car. And then you wonder why relationships don't work, but I digress. I do. I digress. I'll touch on it later because I already see you getting a little bit uncomfortable, but oh to the well. You know, just... So let's get off of intimate relationships. I already see that's making you feel some kind of way. But before I get off of it, um, yeah, that was a little ugly dope. 
you have to show someone that out of everyone that I could have chosen, that I've chosen the safest place for my heart. And because the more that we are emerged in this very, I mean, I can't even describe the generation and the times we live in. It's just like, does anyone have any morals? I mean, seriously, it's, it's just, it's a little sad. But what you want to show someone more than ever is that you have integrity and that you are going to carry their heart the way that you expect your heart to be carried. And it looks a lot like, listen, your thing may not be phone calls speaking every day to said person, but if that means a lot to them, then you owe them to meet them halfway on that. A lot of times relationships aren't working because we don't want to bend. And then we wonder why something didn't work. Can I give you a newsflash real quick? Just real quick. I'm not going to hold you for long on that one. Um, you don't want someone exactly like you because there would be no growth. There would be no growth. It would be the most boring, stagnant relationship ever if you got with someone who had the same struggles as you, the same strengths as you, the same insight as you, the same perspective as you, the same, the same, the same. When do you grow? Because to be honest, we do grow when we have variety, right? That's why we didn't go to school for one year and they just taught all math. And then we go to school the next year and then they just teach us reading. And then, no, no, we need to be well-rounded is what they showed us in the school system, right? And so that's also what we need in our human walk of life, whether it's a well-roundedness of our friends, our communities, our families, especially our intimate relationships. You need someone that brings something to you that you didn't have before. He may have the humor, you may have the intellect, you may have the heart, he may have this, you know, he sticks to something logically and he keeps going. Like there should really be a well-roundedness between the two of you. And then everything outside of that is addition, right? But I digress. Let's go on to something else. Let's talk about, you know, just overall disciplined. Like, for instance, for school, it should really be, okay, you know what? Going forward, turning my phone off at 9.30 p.m. Yes, mm-hmm, call me what you want, 9.30 p.m. If it's an emergency, call Jesus. He's on the main line, and his mobile-to-mobile plan covers, like, the universe. So, but the phone distracts me, and I have things I'm trying to work on. Is either school, I'm trying to work on the vision, I'm trying to better myself, or just simply I'm trying to make sure that I give my body this rhythm and this uh, consistency and this sleep, sir, ma'am, because a tired me is just, mm -mm. again, it will leave you in a vulnerable state. Because you already know when you're sleepy, you're a little bit more short with people, you're a little bit more, you know, irritable than usual, and your commitments take a hit. A sleepy brain is not one that you want to solve problems with. You definitely don't want to parent children with. You definitely don't produce your best work, like, at all. At all. So why leave yourself vulnerable in that? And so when I was even thinking about vulnerability, you know, when I think of that in a visual way, the first thing that comes along is a lion, right? And so I was like, wait a minute. Isn't there a Bible verse that says uh, something about the roaring lion? And the definitely, mm-hmm, 1 Peter 5, and that's verse 8. It says, stay alert. 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, how are you going to gear up, um, be vulnerable, and not have the necessary tools needed to not only fight life, but you trying to fight the roaring lion called the devil, okay? And I don't mean to get spooky booky, but are you geared up for the moody boss? Are you geared up for that nosy neighbor? How are you gearing up for the things that is possibly looking for an open pocket in your life? You really should not have that, oh, you get on my last nerve mentality. That's a dangerous place to be in because that mindset, that selection of armor, that makes you vulnerable. And the entire purpose is to be a great self-evaluator. Like, be clear when things are not going as planned or requ requiring some adjusting. Be clear when you're not your best and unable to perform your most optimum level, like being sleepy. Probably don't want to give a presentation the next day. It's just not going to be your best work. And so life is going to do what life is going to do. Like, we might as well just go ahead and just, you can bet your bottom dollar on that one. The real question is, what's your new plan of attack? Is it really, oh, every time I look around, there's a new bill? Or is it simply you don't budget and you don't have a savings over $500? I remember telling you before that I think the statistical data that Dave Ramsey came out with, he said that um, the average person doesn't have $1,000 to cover a $1,000 emergency. They don't have $1,000 in their savings. You work too hard not to have something in your savings to cover an emergency I mean, I'm gonna just leave it there because I see you getting uncomfortable so we'll just we'll move on is it really all men lie and all men cheat or is it truly that you've been you haven't given yourself proper healing time and your true assessment of your self-worth and value is tied up with that last why didn't that relationship work because sometimes we can get wrapped up in that and feel like it's, it's, it was a performance on our end. No, why can't it just be that such and such wasn't a good match for you? I don't care how much you saw it. What if it wasn't true? Is it really, you know, family ain't nothing, if family is just another F word? Or is it that you haven't truly accepted that the family you desired and you created in your mind doesn't it line with your current reality? Did you put an expectation on someone, they failed, and now it's the, see, I told you so, inner talk that you're beginning to have with yourself? When we really start getting to the point of seeing the patterns in our lives, starting to see, hmm, I'm not geared up enough for that. You know, you know what's a good indication that you're not geared up? That you keep falling into the same trap. That, you know what, she asked you not to drink tonight because whatever. And you know what, you, you went ahead and had a little sippy sip. And now it's causing an argument. And so now you got the she's tripping. But what it really is, the core foundation of this said tripping, sir, is that um, you didn't keep your commitment and your word to her. And more than ever, in these times, we need more people who their word means something. You know, in New York, we said my word is my bond. Meaning if I said it, you can trust it. Go ahead and it, it should be almost be like it is written in gold. Is that permanent at this point? 
And so a, a lot of people are falling short of I'm unable to keep my commitment to you, whether it's verbally or whatever it is, but your words are not able to be trusted where it can be viewed as this is your bond. I don't know how back in the day in the Bible uh, they was doing business deals by giving you my sandal. What? No, sir, people got court ordered uh, contracts and all kind of documentation and still do what they want. There is such a negative influx on can I trust you in all kind of ways. It's just ridiculous. You need contracts with people. You need screenshots. You need a, a, a trail of receipts when you're giving somebody something. It's just like long gone are the days where you can just say, oh, okay, I gave you this. Can you pay me back? Now you got to look for people. It's just ridiculous. So just get to a place that, again, you are evaluating in your life the places that seem to just be this pit every time you fall in. Gosh, I was doing so good, and what happened? And and just get to the place that you gear up. Okay, I'm sober however many months, years, minutes, whatever. It's been an accomplishment. God bless you. But you are a little bit more prone to use around the holiday or when you feel this way or when you start talking back to some of the prior users you used to hang around. Like, what's your, how are, what's your armor there? How are you gearing up there? You and your mother, you and your family member, y'all do fine until y'all talk about this particular topic. And then every time you have a falling out, every single time. So then what are you doing to gear up on that? And a lot of us, instead of gearing up, we give up. I'm not talking to such and such no more. It's over between such and such and I. I've, I've changed my phone number. We do all this drastic measure to make huge leaps and bounds to get out of said circumstance. We do everything but become wiser. Truly. It takes the almost equal amount of work. Because now you change the number. You got to tell people, hey, this is my new number. Who's this? It's me, blah, blah, blah. It's just, listen, I want you to say, hey, you know what? Every time we talk about that, it oof, it makes me feel indifferent. So can we not talk about that? And I'll let you know when we can discuss it again, but I'm definitely clear that it's, it can't be now. Because the truth of the matter is if someone wants you in their life and it's a healthy relationship, they will respect your boundary. Half of the time, they don't know. And if they do know, they're just so used to this customized re repetition that they don't know, yeah, this is toxic. I'm sorry. Every time I ask you why you're not married yet, you, you do stop talking to me for a little bit. Mm-hmm, just a little bit. But you see what I'm saying? And we all have our different war. We all have our different armor of choice. We all have our different battle to fight. We just need to fight it better with wisdom. Less energy, more creativity, more resolution bound. Just let's just do it a little differently now. Because you're fighting more than people. You literally have an enemy, the Bible says, that is walking around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So it's real in these life streets, right? You really don't need to be dealing with the pettiness when you really have an enemy just waiting for you to slip up. Can't wait for uh, Thanksgiving to come around because that's when you get sad. 
you know, it's statistically known that wintertime is a little bit more prone for depression because we're not getting that much sunlight and it's, it's darker, literally, with, you know, it's winter. So people are more prone to feel sad. Maybe that's why, and it just could be maybe, maybe that's why we have our biggest um, holidays around that time. Maybe it's almost like the world's way of saying we need something else to celebrate. We need Halloween for those who go ahead and celebrate that. We have Thanksgiving the next month. We got Christmas the next month. We got New Year's the next month. We got Valentine's Day the next month. Then we're going to go ahead and just, like, we just, it's just, we're going to keep it going. St. Patrick's Day, single to Maya. We're going to just keep going until we can, oh, okay. Ooh, we had to make it out that darkness. It was real, y'all. It was real. And so let's not get caught up here in, you know, in these streets. Let's just make it a little bit more where we're like, you know what? I'm not falling into that trap again. I know what's getting ready to happen. I know what happens when I'm sleepy. I know what happens when I'm irritable. And I know what happens when, you know, I'm around my, you know, womanly month cycle time period. I know that I seem to get a little bit more irrational and I, and I miss such and such. And then when I come from that cloud, I'm like, what was I doing? So again, you know what these conversations are for. They're thought-provoking conversations that no one else is going to have with you because no one else is coming behind you unless they actually get paid to do it, to check on you, to see what's going on with you, to have you self-evaluate what is going on in the inner depths of you and your life. And that's what these conversations are for. So I want you to go ahead and get off this phone. Go ahead. If you need to go ahead and wear some army fatigue while you do it, I don't care how you do it. I just want you to do it. Because it's important. It's vital. You are fighting something way bigger than people. And I need you to understand that. If I could go ahead and take you by your ears and do a little shake and bake without having any kind of charges pressed, I would do it. But as my good nanny says, I ain't going to hold you. This is a great conversation. I do appreciate you answering. I said, if you didn't answer, I was going to leave it on your voicemail. I don't care. I was going to get it to you. I don't care. <laughs> All right. No, I'm serious. You know how I can be. But anyway, I'm going um, to call you later because I did have something else I wanted to run past you. But I need to go ahead and get me some um something to drink because my throat after this conversation is parched. Okay? <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, later.